Welcome to the Fantasy NBA Today podcast. What's happening, everybody? Welcome to Fantasy NBA Today. It's Tuesday, and we're just jumping straight in because it's a guest day. A guest. Yeah, at this point, you're not a guest. You don't even have to take your shoes off when you get in here. I'm Dan Vesperus, and I am joined today by the wonderful Adam King. Good morning, Adam. I know it's shtick, but I'm doing it every damn time. Good afternoon. Thank Dan. you. Uh, yes, it is afternoon, just. We're a little bit later than we normally are. Uh, because of your things that are happening in yeah, your life. Always. Yes. I, I tried to explain yeah. it at the beginning of yesterday's show, actually, the, the life as a moving puzzle uh, and the toddler's nap schedule that's all thrown out of whack. I, I, I don't bore people with it. Anybody that has kids is like, oh, yeah, I know that that period of time. And then everybody else is like, what are you talking about, man? Just get the damn show out there. So that's what we're doing, damn it. Uh, I am... Uh, at Dan Bespris on Twitter. You can, of course, follow Adam at AdamKing91. This is a Sports Ethos presentation. That's SportsEthos.com or the single finest basketball fantasy news feed on planet Earth. At Ethos Fantasy BK. Go there now. And many of you seem to be doing it, which is awesome. I've been yelling at you guys to follow that. Get your news there. Uh, it's the best, man. It's it's the combination of fastest and best analysis ethos fantasy bk you and i adam we were trying to come up with like general topics to discuss but what we like to try to do when we get together on this show is just kind of take the pulse of what the fantasy community is looking at uh first things first happy new year happy holidays all that good stuff how you doing uh yeah pretty good i I said i I mentioned there where uh we've been directed to work from home again so it seems COVID hasn't (laughs) gone away as i had hoped it would in 2022 it's not quite uh Uh, yeah yeah. so no look good here working from home uh for a few days then on leave for two and a bit weeks um all right booked in for my COVID booster shot uh tomorrow i believe so Hopefully that doesn't um, take the wind out of my sails too much. I've heard, I've heard varying stories of, of how people react to getting that booster. So we'll see how I go. Yeah, it's a roll of the dice. I think our our uh, I think we had a, uh, one of our sitters was tired for like a day, and you know I had fevers for a day. It, it's a it's a moving target. Other mm. at the end of it all, you'll be all right. Um, I get I'll the feeling. Fine, yes. Yeah, you'll be fine. You're a big boy. Uh, <laughs> do we? I think agree that one of the big things that folks are talking right now is uh guys coming back from injury we sort of hit this weird little pivot point obviously COVID is still at the forefront and i want to talk about that too what i haven't decided is what order we really ought to go in here probably we should start on the COVID front it seems like adam and and you know you've been heavily in charge of keeping the list up to date over at sports ethos of everybody in protocols and streaming options as a result of that, it seems like the list is finally starting to shrink a little bit. Yeah, I think we're, well, fingers crossed, It's we're, we're in a, a better space now in terms of um, COVID absences. But, I mean, I, I woke up this morning and I think I saw that someone had gone into protocols. Um, I can't remember who it was, but... Uh, yeah, there, Frank Jackson um, yeah, went into big, protocols, big but... Yeah, look, but it's um, uh, Eve Ponds as well for the Grizzlies. But we're not 
we're definitely not seeing and and I guess for me it's it's how many are going in when I wake up because I wake up and they've all had their tests for the day uh and, and yeah we were getting I mean at one point there the the blurbs were all covid people going in yeah wasn't there like out. 20 in one day some sunday yeah. right around the holidays am i remembering that right yeah it would have been it, w- it was pretty crazy um i was i actually got a couple of shifts off over christmas and, and that sort of thing because we were away and, and whatever it was and i missed a couple of those big days i didn't have to write the blurbs i was pretty <laughs> happy about, about that but, um, but yeah look it does seem just from uh, uh, sort of a I guess a big picture glance that yeah those numbers are dropping um we're not getting we're getting a couple a day um going into protocols but nowhere near as many as we were and hopefully that means that once they've had it they've developed the whatever it is the antibodies and and then they're they're unlikely to get it we have had a few people that have gone in twice uh into protocols but doesn't seem to be a lot yet yeah seems Uh, like that might have been delta and then omicron but we're not yeah we're not healthcare professionals here just sort of taking a a stab at it but yeah it does seem like it's kind of cresting a little bit and something i mentioned over the holidays when i know a lot of folks weren't uh paying attention to fantasy or a podcast was strategy has to change at that point doesn't it like we've been for a month now almost we've been buried in this and i pushed it as hard as anyone because I keep getting, like, I have to dial the wheel back farther and farther as I go through this thing. This all started with me seeing so many people on Twitter saying, I hate this, fantasy sucks, this isn't right. And so I was like, look, I got to do some shows where I'm telling people, you got to put your nose in it right now. This is like, it shouldn't be a walk in the park every time. If you outwork the other teams, if you get the better streamers, this is a chance actually to get a leg up. Forget the other side of it. Forget like, oh, woe is me, I have five guys out. How about... You know, woe is everyone. We all have five guys out, and if I can figure the best replacements, I can beat these dudes. But now, I think we have to pivot out of that because there simply aren't that many COVID replacement guys. And I'm not talking about the dudes getting called up from the G League. I'm talking about, like, you know, star is out, who is backup kind of thing. So I think that's why people are looking at stashes right now. Am I am I reading the situation right? What's the pulse you've gotten from just kind of hanging out in the fantasy community at large. Yeah, I think so. I think stashes, uh, we're getting, and I mean, just going through our Discord um, server and and looking at questions, a lot of them are aimed at stashing um, and who should I pick up, who should I, who do, who should I bench, that sort of thing, which means that rosters are getting healthy now. Um, and, and so, yeah, there isn't, we're not looking at, Oh, what Kiefer Sykes and um, I can't even think of some of the names. <laughs> Dwayne Washington on the pace. Lance Stevenson, God. Oh, um, he made him dance though, didn't he? Oh, <laughs> yeah. The questions we got about him and no, you don't need to go and get him. Uh, so, no, look, I think we're, we're starting to get back to uh, a normal space. And I mean, it doesn't help. Uh, like I have noticed with um, a few of the teams and, and it's, in our blurb feed this morning, teams are whether they're doing it just to stir up emotions in fans, but they're talking like Kawhi Leonard, could he be back? Jonathan Isaac is actually alive and, and practicing. Um and, and so now we get all these questions. Do I stash 
Kawhi Leonard or do I stash Jonathan Isaac? Um, short answer is probably not, but the, those questions are starting to come in. And then we've got the trade deadline, which is less than a month now, I think, away. I think it's the 10th, 10th of February, potentially. You've done a better um, job of looking ahead than I have. I think it's I think, all I knew was about a month. Yeah, I, I have a feeling it's the tenth. Yeah, you're right. Um, That's that. Thursday. And so now we're seeing this the whole Ben Simmons thing kickstarting again after we hadn't heard anything for about a month. Um, and so that's going to start. We're going to start getting a lot of questions about. Um, yeah, do I do we stash Ben Simmons? I mean, Ben Simmons is probably rostered, hasn't been dropped, but. Um, yeah, look, I think that is the direction we're heading in now is is stashing. Isaiah Hartenstein has been a very common uh, question about stashing as well. Yeah, what, so been... who, I guess we could pivot into favorites or, or least favorites. Who's the guy? Who are you stashing right now? I can I can give one of my own. We could potentially go back and forth because there's, there's a handful, and it's easier to do uh, in a Roto games cap format where I have a few more leagues as opposed to head to head where, you know, I might only have one, I'm in two head to head leagues that only have one injured list slot. Those ones are full on roll of the dice this year. Uh, the ones that have two or three, at least you can get a little bit of a better feeling on it, but like Bam Adebayo has been out a while. Jonathan Isaac, Jeremy Grant. Um, you mentioned Isaiah Hartenstein. That's another really interesting Kawhi, Jamal Murray, who jumps out at you? Because the one that I've been kind of keying in on for a while is Kelly Olynyk, and I was just about to give up before they put out a statement that was like, "Oh yeah, he's you know being recalled from the G League and he's getting a little bit closer." Uh, the Pistons' front court is pretty gross these days without Jeremy Grant, so I think I'm probably still sticking with the Olynyk one. Um, who's who's someone that you actually are stashing right now or trying to? Um. So, yeah, I'm just sort of flicking through my teams. I know someone that I'm holding on to and sort of been preaching to to, to hold him all season, and, and he has been decent, is Alper and Shangun, um, who, who's out at the moment. I don't know what the latest is uh, reevaluated in a week. So he's due to be reevaluated in a couple of days. Um, yeah, look, I'm, I'm stashing him wherever I can, and, and he has been decent enough so it's not like he's been a guy that hasn't been giving you any production i'm just having a look at where he ranks uh so he's only that what he's outside the top 200 but i know he was starting to trend up before he went down with his injury um and i mean it is hard with these teams like detroit and like the rockets because it is hard to project what they're going to do um from the outside looking in we could contact them and say yes this is what you should be doing it doesn't mean they're gonna <laughs> yeah, do good, it good luck to us on that one yeah so um yeah look he, he's a guy for me that that i'm i'm looking at i've sort of likened him a little bit to nikola Jokic, a very 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 light version but but he does uh contribute sort of a, across the board um in, in most categories, shoots efficiently, gets some defensive stats, passes the ball well, grabs some rebounds. So, yeah, for me, he's probably at the top of my list or pretty close to the top of my list, actually. I, I'm trying to leave off names like I mentioned Adebayo when I was just listing guys that are out for a long stretch of time because someone like a second rounder or where, you know, late second, that guy's not getting dropped even when he's hurt. So in an effort to sort of be... 
I want to I want to try to stick to the like what you said with Shengun. That's a someone who's not necessarily 100% rostered. Hartenstein. Uh, what do you think about the other names we've brought up? What do you think about Hartenstein, uh, Jonathan Isaac, Jeremy Grant, Kelly Olynyk, or any of those guys on your radar? Uh, Hartenstein is. Um, for me, guys like Kawhi, Jonathan Isaac, Markel Fultz, I'm not going near them. I mean, if people want to take a chance on them, that that's fine. But I just don't think even if they do come back, they're going to sit back-to-backs. They're only going to play... 15. I mean, Jonathan Isaac's been out for like seven years. So how like he's not going to come in and play significant minutes. Their Orlando aren't going anywhere this season, so they're not going to go. Oh well, look, he can make a difference to our season. We need to get him back on the floor. So I'm not touching any of those long-term injured guys. Um, Hartenstein is someone that I had added before he went down. His injury was. It was really bad timing for for him and for fantasy managers because he was just starting to carve out. I mean, there was even a discussion on is he a better option than Ivica Zubac? So I didn't. I don't think the Clippers were going to go that way, but he was producing um, standard league value in twenty minutes a night. Uh, but now Abarca has got a few games under his belt uh, and and has looked. Better. I still hope that they run with Hartenstein as the backup, but I don't know. I, I guess they might feel a little bit obliged to get a Barker out there. So Hartenstein's a tricky one for me. I, I really yeah. like what he can do, but I'm just not certain he's going to get the minutes that he would have if he hadn't gone down with injury. Yeah, I can't argue with you on that one. What about the All-Star break? What about the trade deadline? Is there anything you're doing this far out, the, the well, a month ahead in terms of squatting on guys i tend to look at folks within about 10 days but i know that i'm also very conservative when it comes to trade deadline squats uh there's probably not a lot i'm doing at the moment i I guess you you want to keep an eye on those teams like houston like detroit uh, like orlando who could look to ship out some of their veterans like daniel tice could very well go jeremy grant he's not a veteran but there's lots of rumors around Jeremy Grant going. And and so more rather than focusing on on those players, have a look at who's going to be left. Uh and so for the for the Pistons, I know uh someone like a Hamadou Diallo who's been quite productive over the last month. Uh and but as soon as sort of these guys started coming back, like Stewart came back, um, Grant's going to come back. Everyone sort of go, okay, well, Diallo, he's just a drop now. But maybe he's not. If Grant goes, maybe Diallo gets 26, 28 minutes the rest of the way and, and can have some value. Um, the Tice one sort of leads into Shangoon a little bit. If if Tice is shipped out, does Shangoon step into that 27, 28-minute role? Uh, Eric Gordon could very well go as well. So I'm just, <laughs> at the moment, I'm just keeping an eye on those teams. I can't believe that we're uh, we have Eric Gordon stuff going on this season. It's absolutely remarkable, isn't it? <laughs> I, okay, well, yeah. l- let me dig into your your mindset a little bit. This is the fun part for me. When you start to make these calculations on stashing injured players or sizing up the trade deadline, let's start with the injured players. How do you? What's the methodology on your handicap? Because I know every situation is a little bit different. How do you sort of compute whether something is worthwhile? 
Um, yeah, I mean, I go with my gut a bit and, and probably too much in, in some situations <laughs> because, as you know, you as a fan, if you, if you are pretty heavily invested in fantasy, you're going to have your own opinions and your own thoughts on what teams should be doing. And if you're led by that too much, then you're often disappointed because we know that teams like, I mean, De'Anthony Melton, everyone's had a gut feeling about how, how good he can be and how many minutes he should get, but it just never seems to happen. And, and so, um, yeah, I, I try to, I do try to go with my gut, but I also try to make sure that I do my research and have a look at past sort of history and, and actually documented evidence of, of what players are doing. Um, but looking at team build, I mean, you know that I punt in pretty much every league that I'm in. So that that factors into my decision because a player like a Hartenstein in a, in a team where I'm punting um, guard stats and I'm just looking for blocks and rebounds and field goal percentage, then I don't need to look at his overall production. And so if he does come back and only gets 18 minutes, that might still be enough for him to have some value for my team. Uh in a, especially in a deeper league, in a 16 or a 14 team league, uh, so having a look at, yeah, what they what they can do in in limited minutes, um, plays sort of a big role in my decision making when looking at at uh, stashing or streaming guys in like that. Um, yeah, that that's probably I I guess the biggest. Uh, the biggest thing that I focus on is is just how they fit my team and how many minutes I would need them to be playing to have value and whether or not I think they're going to get that, but also whether or not so they, they will get that based on, on actual facts. So let's take it into a, an individual player. Um like, uh, let's say Kelly Olenek, who I've been trying to convince myself to hold on to and, and have largely continued to do so. I think there was one spot where I was like, this is it's too much. I need, I need more good news before I can do it. How would you walk through your own brain on whether to bother on Kelly Olenek? And you can tell me that I'm nuts, by the way. I don't, I don't care if you disagree with me. I, like, I'm, I'm never sold on this stuff. I, just, I think people will get a kick out of understanding what we each think through when we're making a decision like this. Uh, yeah, so a Linux, a Linux, a tough one because we actually don't have a huge sample size this season on what what his role was. Right. Because he only played. I mean, when did he get injured? It was like 12, four weeks into the year, like, I think. Yeah, about. it was like sort of early to mid November, I think. Yeah. So he'd probably only played two or three weeks, three or four weeks. Um, he was on a new team. They were still figuring out his role. Uh, so I think dra- he was drafted sort of top 100-ish from memory um, in, in a lot of places. Then he was dropped in a few leagues because he wasn't quite living up to, I think people were still riding that Houston stretch that he had the season before where he was a top, whatever he was, top 20 player. Yeah. Um, so he's a tricky one because we actually, we didn't get a a, a sort of a, a good sample size of what his role was going to be long term. And I think now when he comes back, 
Um, Jeremy Grant will also be coming back at the same time or similar time. But is Jeremy Grant going to be traded? Is Olenek going to be traded? Because he's not part of their future. Were they, did they sign him to build up his trade value and then look at trading him for a young piece or a draft pick or something? We don't know. Isaiah Stewart hasn't panned out the way that they had probably hoped. He's been pretty ordinary, to be honest. Um, Trey Lyles, I mean, Trey Lyles is is their standout center at the moment. That's sort of all you need to know about. Yeah, it's not great. The, no, it's terrible. Uh, and so, a Linux a really hard one for me. Um, I'm not stashing him anywhere, but I didn't have him anywhere. And I haven't actually seen him drop. Like, I think a lot of people are still sitting on him. Um, I'm sure he is out there in a few leagues. Yeah, but, but you make a really a series of really good points there. Mm. There's a lot of there's a lot of unknown around mm. Olinick. Now, the one thing we did see is that the game there was one game or two games, I think two maybe that Jeremy Grant sat out early in the year with I think it was a sprained ankle, and Olinick was a monster for those two yeah. days. Missed some free throws, so it sort of cluttered what was otherwise really beefy fantasy lines. So then you have that to weigh into the this equation as well, which is what if they both come back? Does Olenek fall back into that like 24-minute backup role behind Isaiah Stewart, where we saw signs of it, but really did look more like a top 120 sort of per-game situation? Does Jeremy Grant get traded, which opens up a world for Olenek, where then all of a sudden he goes from top 120 to maybe as, as good as like a top 50 type of player? Does he get traded someplace where he doesn't have value? Because I don't think anybody's going to trade for Olenek to make him a 32-minute-a-game starter, he would be you know, a stretch five kind of complementary centerpiece on some team with championship aspirations. Nobody's going to give him this, the type of role he had in Houston or, frankly, even the role I think he would have in Detroit if he comes back without Jeremy Grant. So a lot of things do kind of have to fall in place uh, for that upside to kick in, but also, and, and kind of this is the same thing I'm looking at with a guy like Jonathan Isaac, how many guys are out there right now that you could sit on where you can say, look, if things break the right way, this is top 50, top 40. Jonathan Isaac was top 25 before he got hurt. Uh, whenever the hell, two years. <laughs> I don't know. What, the, what year was that? 2020? <laughs> that was 2020, oh, I think. Yeah. Oh my I God. He's been out forever. So that, I think, has to be a big part of how you, you create this balance. Like, I'm not going to sit on a guy for a month if I don't think there's a way he's going to get any chance, I should say, to get inside the top fifty. I'm not gonna I'm not gonna sit on a guy that long. But like Isaiah Hardenstein's the other side. Do I sit on this dude for a week and see if he could be a top one hundred guy? Maybe. There's it's not a it's not linear. It's not like, oh, sit on a guy for one week for a top one hundred, sit on a guy for four weeks for top fifty, but there is some correlation there, isn't there? Yeah, there is, yeah. I, I think you, you have to look at a player's ceiling their floor um and as you said with Olenek we we have seen him be a top 50 player um when given those minutes and and in Detroit if Jeremy Grant goes Isaiah Stewart hasn't been good I mean Trey Lyles could go for all we know um then yeah there's a chance that they just go okay we haven't been able to build up a Linux value as we would have liked this season so for the last month, we're just going to give him 34 minutes a night and let him go, and then we can reevaluate 
once the season is done. And if he can if he can play those minutes down the stretch and Detroit aren't playing to win games, they're just going to put him out there. He could very well be a difference maker in fantasy league. So someone like that, you definitely have to to stash. Whereas I think if you look at Hartenstein, his ceiling is not that high because I the the Clippers are more than likely going to be fighting for a sort of an eighth seed, a ninth seed, something like that. Paul George will come back. Kawhi, maybe he'll come back. Um, so I don't see a scenario other than an injury, and you can't rely on injuries. So other than um, Zubat's going down with a long-term injury and Hartenstein would have to start, I don't really see him getting to a spot where he can play 30 minutes a night and can be a top 50 player. I think best case he could be is, yeah, top 100. So stashing him is is okay, but chances are he he's if he's on the waiver wire, he'll be there until we get word that he's coming back and then everyone will everyone will swoop on him. So l- let me play a little bit of devil's advocate on a different player. You mentioned Kawhi Leonard. I think everybody that listens to this show knows I'm not about to advocate sitting on Kawhi, but let's for a moment pretend that I am. And I've seen I've seen people say it, I've seen analysts say it. Uh I don't think it's the popular opinion, but I have seen folks say pick him up and stash him. Um talk me out of it. Pretend I'm asking you, I really want to go pick up Kawhi Leonard. Why should I why should I or should I not do it? Uh yeah, well, I mean the report we had was that he was ahead of schedule. I think that was the the wording. Uh let me just bring him up. Yeah, market some somewhat vague, but you know. Yeah, and and I think for me that that's the argument is that the the news that we had here we go. The news that we had is that he's ahead of schedule in his rehab and that a return during the season is within reach. First thing for me is we don't know what his schedule was. We didn't have a, a date that he was coming back. They didn't, it wasn't, oh yeah, he'll be back April. He'll be back March. We, we didn't know. So ahead of schedule could just mean that <laughs> yeah, he what might come back this year. We, <laughs> we have no idea. A re- and a return during the season is within reach. That doesn't fill me with confidence that um, he's definitely going to be back. And so that's the first thing. Uh, I this new. I mean, it's it's good that the, he hasn't had any setbacks. For me, this this actually just gives me confidence for next season. Um, in that, whenever he comes back, if it's this end of this season, if it's the playoffs. He should be, if he's ahead of his schedule and and looking at potentially coming back this season, that would just give me a bit more confidence looking ahead to next year. That dude's getting drafted at like, that dude's getting drafted at like 20 next year. Book it. Yeah. 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 I think so. Um, So, so that would be the first sort of argument I would have in, in terms of stashing. The next one would be that. The, the Clippers, obviously, Kawhi and Paul George are their future and at least their short-term sort of two- to three-year future because um, Kawhi is 30 now. So they're not going to – they're not going to view this season as we're going to – we can win this season. I, I would hope that management coaches um, have come to terms with that. This is not going to be their year. And so – 
there's no point rushing Kawhi back and, and getting him in um, if, if he's potentially ready, potentially not rushing things. So even if he does come back, uh, he's they're going to limit his minutes a little bit. Uh, back-to-backs more than likely will he'll sit one of those games. <laughs> not like he was playing them anyway, but yeah. Yeah, and then I think you need to look at... Well, that's another thing. I mean, you need to look at his history. As He wasn't playing, but he, he was starting to get back to, to playing some back-to-backs. But since his quad thing, he's always missed games. I mean, even last year when he when he was healthy you you had to factor in that he was going to miss 15 games of the season um so having had another major injury that that's not going anywhere uh and then look even if he if you do stash him and get him and and I think I put Josh Lloyd put a thing on Twitter and lots of people commented and analysts and and um readers and listeners all that commented on on Kawhi um I think you need to, and I said my if if I was to stash him, the short answer is probably no, I won't. If I was to stash him, it would only be if if I could tick off a lot of boxes, and it would be that I was sitting really comfortably in my standings, and there was really no way I was going to miss out on the playoffs, um, or potentially in a roto league where I'm also sitting right up near the top, uh, and I don't have a lot of injured players. But yeah, if you're stashing him in a head-to-head league, and, and you, I mean, you need to make your playoffs. It, it's very well to say, very good to say, if I have him in the playoffs, he could be a difference maker. But if you're not in the playoffs, what does it matter? So yeah, that there's a lot, a lot going against stashing Kawhi, and I think the same would be said for someone like Jonathan Isaac. Yeah, I'll throw Jamal Murray on that that fire yep. as well. I I'm. Frankly, just envious of anyone who's not dealing with the injury bug. You know, like who who has an open roster spot to stash someone else right now? I guess the argument there is like, well, do you stash your top one hundred guy who has COVID for a week and a half, or do you just drop him and use that week and a half on Kawhi Leonard? But it's not really like it's not an apples to apples comparison. You know, like. Kawhi's not coming back in a week and a half and be ahead of ahead of what schedule. Uh ultimately, like you said, you know, you basically have to be Roto Games Cap on pace somehow, magical turn of events, uh, and then be okay with getting like five games out of him at the end of the yeah. year. Cause I, I don't see how there's any possibility it's more than like eight. Doesn't that feel like the absolute maximum is eight games in the regular season? Yeah, Probably. I would yeah, I would say... I don't know. Yeah, that'd be... I mean, I don't know when the season ends. I think it's mid-April. Yeah. Maybe. So, yeah, I mean, best case, you would see him coming back mid-March, maybe. Um, even if it's early March, what's that? Six weeks. So that's 20 games, 24 games. And probably missing one every probably single Probably missing one, so at least half. So Yeah, so like eight to ten, I think, best case. But by then, your fantasy playoffs have started. And possibly um, ended if you don't go to the end of the regular and, season. And ended. That's right, yeah. I know all of my leagues, I've finished, I think, two weeks before the... I think most of my yeah. leagues are finishing beginning of April. All right, you've um, convinced me. My mm. even Perhaps even I might have been pre-convinced, but you know, we'll throw a little... Throw a little extra in there. Um, 
next week or the week after, whenever we reconvene, Adam, uh, let's talk strategy, head-to-head strategy at this point in the season because I think folks are looking at about, what do we think, five, six weeks for a lot of folks before their playoffs start, maybe eight that have, that go towards the end of the regular season. This is uh, it's a time to check in, I think. Can we do that next week or the week after? Yeah, yeah, and I know I've already started getting a lot of questions um, about people that are punting and when is the right time to narrow mm. your punt. So if you're punting one category, do I now start looking at punting two or three and really focusing in? So when is the right time to do that? So that'll be a good discussion to have. Beautiful. The great Adam King, ladies and gentlemen, at Adam King 91 on Twitter. Go follow him. Adam, again, Happy New Year, man. I'll talk to you in a week. Yeah, same to you. I will talk to you then. Oh, I know you guys liked that. 30 uninterrupted minutes of fantasy talk. Not a promo to be found, which means, damn it, you know one's coming now. Please don't advance through these promos. These are actually really important. And this week, as last week, I want to remind you guys of our partners at expressvpn.com slash hoopball, where you can get 15 months for the price of 12. Bonus three months on your year-long subscription. Look, using the internet without ExpressVPN is like leaving the keys in your car at a restaurant, at a gas station, whatever. Most of the time, folks are not going to see it, but if someone walks by and they're like, oh, uh, hey, this person just gave me a car, that's basically what it is. Every time you connect to an unencrypted network, cafes, hotels, airports, whatever, any hacker on that can gain access to your personal information. Your ISP has access to your personal information. A 12-year-old could do it. Hackers make a grand selling personal info on the dark web. You ever wonder how your credit card info just appears? It's because you're on some unencrypted Wi-Fi somewhere. It's easy. ExpressVPN creates an encrypted tunnel so that you and the internet are surrounded on all sides. It would take a hacker, a supercomputer, over a billion years to get through their encryption level. So if you value your privacy at all, get ExpressVPN. And I've told you guys, I mean, the thing I like the most about it, I actually am not that overly concerned with my privacy, which is kind of dumb, but also mostly I sit at home uh, and work from home. So, you know, I, I don't expect folks, maybe there's someone in the apartment complex, but, you know, old Hacker Magoo up on in apartment 304, I'm not super concerned about them. What I like ExpressVPN for is shielding my location. And I've told you guys about that before. If you're trying to use uh, streaming services, which we have a billion of them here. I'm sure you guys do too. We got Disney. We got Hulu. We got uh, Prime Video. We got uh, Netflix, I guess is a big one. You got League Pass. You've got MLB, whatever they call it. It's not game day. I don't know why I can't think of the name. I stopped getting it because they was too damn expensive and I'd... Mostly just watch Dodger games here anyway, and I have, we have Spectrum Cable. But anyway, point is, uh, League Pass in particular, really important stuff. Uh, get expressvpn.com slash hoopball. It's the personalized URL. You don't have to put in a code if you use that URL. Expressvpn.com slash hoopball. Check them out right now. We actually had a relatively um, eh, medium, I guess it's a lightish Monday. They moved some games around on the calendar. A couple of key thoughts from Monday's results here, before we transition and get you guys back, transition, that's like terming for 
folks passing away. Uh, before we get you back over to social media for the rest of the day's news, uh, PJ Washington looks pretty good. Played 27 minutes off the bench for Charlotte. No Kelly Oubre. So that's opening up a few extra minutes for guys like PJ. Cody Martin is going to be a beneficiary there. I'm actually cool with streaming Cody Martin for the next week. He ain't going to shoot much, but three boards, two assists, three steals, two three-pointers. He's that across-the-board kind of guy. You just have to be aware that it's not going to be the eye-popper fill-in stream. This is going to be the can I uh, grab a few stats in a bunch of different categories, and and he should be inside the top 100 for this week, which makes him an all-league types kind of streamer. Jordan Wara continues to play relatively well for Milwaukee. I'm still not taking the plunge on it. I think we see Drew Holiday back in the not-too-distant future, and that probably clears that situation up. Uh, and we move along. Utah still without Rudy Gobert. They've got a game tomorrow, and then they're off for a couple of days, if I'm not mistaken. I would certainly stream Hassan Whiteside for that ball game, and then you might want to think about moving on ahead of time, just so you can kind of get ahead of the curve. You're not sitting on Whiteside two or three extra days and then not get to utilize his services. On the Detroit side, Adam and I just talked a bunch about the Pistons. Isaiah Stewart actually got off to a pretty good start in this game. He had three blocks, five boards at halftime. He had one rebound in the second half. I think that was his entire line. And then Trey Lyles came in, played 29 minutes in a win. Adam mentioned Hamadou Diallo. He has taken a hit. When he doesn't shoot free throws, he can kind of stay above the fray. Took two in this game, made one of them. Uh, gets steals, which is nice, gets some boards, which is nice, does get some assists, which is nice. He's still kind of hanging on, and when they put up a buck 26, a lot of guys are going to have value that might not have in a game you win 106-96 to 96 instead. Sadiq Bey was hot. Cade Cunningham, we talked about him. He's sort of the one guy you're definitely starting for Detroit right now. And Bay, Bay's kind of a maybe. Like This game was not an accurate representation of what he's done since folks have come back, 29 points on 14 shots means you're really freaking hot. Corey Joseph played 25 minutes also. There's just too many bodies right now in Detroit. And here I am arguing that Jeremy Grant and Kelly Olynyk are decent stashes when they're sort of already too many guys floating around. Adam made a good point, though. Diallo's a guy that could step into a larger role depending on how the next month goes. That doesn't mean you need to squat on him, but it means that he's close enough right now where you could, and in a head-to-head format, he's doing enough. So he's right on the cusp. Coin flip. Bay's kind of a coin flip right now also. It's almost exactly what I said on yesterday's podcast, which was like, do you have to start them? No. Could you? Yeah. Not excited about it. Uh, Boston lost Marcus Smart mid-game to a thigh bruise. We'll see how that shakes out. I don't think it's going to be enough for Jay Rich or Dennis Schroeder with him out. They kind of need one of the biggest usage guys on the shelf to make a stink. Still no Malcolm Brogdon. Blah, 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 Indiana. No one's really stepped up. Torrey Craig's the closest right now. O'Shea Brissett played 35 minutes. He didn't do much. Justin Holiday, 33 minutes. He was okay. Close, close. But it's pretty much just Sabonis and Turner right now. Knicks beat the Spurs in a runaway. Nice to see Alec Burks make half his shots. He's startable while he's starting. Mitchell Robinson, four blocks. He's startable while there isn't much of a backup. And then Emmanuel quickly, he's got nine cat issues. RJ Barrett, big game, but he's got nine cat issues. Evan Fournier, you're not going to fool me again, Evan. 18 points in 22 minutes. We won't get fooled again. Natis Thibault's a start. That's a pretty easy one. Daniel Tice got the start because of Joel Embiid. We can keep rolling along there. Anthony Simons dominating with no Dame out for the next at least two weeks. 
Nasir Little, he's probably startable in head-to-head. Ben McLemore got hot, but you're probably not going to trust that every ball game. And Rocco, he's great, especially while Nance is out. Also, Kyrie played, tweaked an ankle a little bit, said he's going to be fine, so I won't read anything into it. Cam Thomas had a big game. Dayron Sharp had a big game. But, uh, you know, with the Nets, it's someone new every single ball game. And uh, Nick Claxton left with a sore hamstring about halfway through the game. I'd say hold him. We'll see how he responds. He's been playing too well lately. And Cleveland beat Sacramento. Kings had a chance to win it. Darren Fox had a short jumper uh, bounce out on him. Tyrese Halliburton's a go. Fox, I don't Whatever. You drafted him against all my warnings. But he healed when he's on a heater. He's good when he's not. He's not. He's probably startable because he's he'd pretty much be like the king of all streamers if he wasn't. So you start him. Jared Allen, go. Evan Mobley, go. Larry Markinen's been a little bit better lately. He's a go. Kevin Love somehow is a go. Darius Garland's a go. Rajon Rondo, a guy we've been tracking a little bit, played only 20 minutes here. He's not that far away. Six assists, two steals. Oh, boy. I can't believe that I'm even considering it. I mentioned on yesterday's show I picked him up in a couple spots, but that was only because I had Dias Jones to drop, and there just wasn't anybody else doing anything. Hey, the other partner we want to make sure you guys are visiting. I, I told you enough about Manscaped so far this month. Remember, we didn't do enough for them in, in December. We're doing more here. Uh, Thrive Fantasy. That's our buddies over there. It's our buddies. We've told you about my bookie a million times also. I'm trusting you guys that you'll go visit Manscaped and my bookie. Because they don't get big time promo today. You know who does? ThriveFantasy.com and the Thrive Fantasy app. Prop up and use promo code ETHOS, E T H O s when you sign up at thrive fantasy it's easy you go there you click the giant blue sign up button your first deposit match up to a hundred dollars with the promo code and free contest entry vouchers that's maybe the more important thing because like i said you can put in 10 bucks great you get your 10 dollar deposit match doesn't feel like all that much but damn an extra 40 dollars in contest entry vouchers come on you put in 10 bucks you end up with 60 a 5x bonus on top of what you put in, 6x overall, that's pretty good. That's pretty damn good. All you got to do, no. All you got to do, nope. We can talk here on this show. All you got to know is how the big names are going to do. Football, you know, who's going to pass? What? What's uh, Aaron Rodgers going to pass for? Over, under. That's it. They give you a number. You take the over, you take the under. If you get the points, you rack them up, choose 10 out of 20 options in the NBA contest, you win money. They work with the Jaguars and the Chargers, by the way. Thrive Fantasy, very reputable, strong company. Really happy to be uh, in partnership with them. So please do go check them out. And our buddies over to expressvpn.com, as we told you earlier in the show. Not a ton of promo on today's podcast. Give you guys a little bit of a mini break from that. Just a little. Got to do something. Got to pay the bills. That'll wrap it up. I'm Dan Vespers. He was Adam King. He's gone off to start his day. Still early out there in Australia. At Adam King 91 at Dan Vespers. Please do drop us a follow. We each do a lot on Twitter for the good folks at sportsethos.com, at ethosfantasybk, the big-time news feed. Enjoy! Your Tuesday. We'll talk more stashing as the weeks go. See if we can pick off some real interesting fat streamers these days. There's actually a lot I'm looking at on tonight's card. Memphis is really interesting to me. Warriors with Clay, really interesting to me. 
Wizards getting guys back slowly but surely. Chris Boucher in Toronto. Clippers. Who the hell's going to do anything for them? Is Nick Batum ready to roll again? No Will Barton for Denver. Monty Morris time. I don't know. It's a some ugly games that might happen, but actually really interesting ones. Dig in, folks. We got some homework tonight. Back at you tomorrow. You know how it goes. This is Fantasy NBA Today. Later. Later.